Welcome into the student section Friday, February 17th, the fourth official episode. Matt Murphy, Tom Scabelli, James Decker on the phone for this one. And you can hear a little bit of uh, static going on with clean James' up, phone. Decker. Yeah, clean, clean that up for <laughs> us, please. Dan DiOrio doing his role behind the board producing for us in this one. As usual, we're going to recap the week in college basketball. This is WFUV's exclusive college basketball podcast. We're going to look ahead to the weekend, another weekend of great college basketball matchups, as it always is, middle of February, March Madness will be here before we know it. But before we look ahead to those games, it was an interesting week, and two ranked teams, top 15 teams, guys, to be exact, number seven, Wisconsin, and number 14, Virginia, lost both of their games this week. And let's start with James's Wisconsin team, lost on Sunday at home to Northwestern, 66-59, and on Thursday, again, at Michigan yesterday, 64-58. So I don't know if it's time to panic, but Bronson Koenig didn't play yesterday, and I know that's what James is probably going to go to in his defense right here. Uh, I think it's definitely a big part of it. I think the biggest reason why, though, is that teams are going to double Ethan Hatt. Michigan doubled Ethan Hatt pretty much every single time he touched the ball in that game, and they couldn't get contributions from the guys they needed on the outside. Demetri Trice went about 2 for 20 in that game. So they didn't get the contribution they needed from him. Hat's still in a great game, but he got doubled too much and just not enough contributions. Nigel Hayes really needed to play better than he did last night. Vito Brown didn't do much. So I think the secondary staff for Wisconsin has to come through if they're going to turn this thing around because they think there is some, some reason to panic. I mean, they've won a lot of grinders this year at, against Rutgers. They, they barely won at Nebraska. They barely won. I think so. almost the luck's kind of running out a little bit, but they're still, I still have a lot of confidence in that team, but they have to, the secondary staff has to pick it up. I thought the Northwestern loss was shocking. Because like you said, the other day they didn't have Bronson Koenig. Last night they didn't have Koenig against Michigan. So that wasn't that surprising. But home against Northwestern, just when you thought Northwestern was about to fall off the bubble, I, I and thought then, that was crazy. And then Northwestern has another home game against Maryland and loses by, I think, 10. So you never know what yeah. you're going to get with them. The Big Ten is, is kind of weird. I, don't, I mean, I still like Wisconsin. I still think that Ethan Happ is a superstar. I think that Koenig is really solid. Nigel Hayes could do his thing. You know, the other guys, Showalter, Vito Brown, kind of some role players. And they, they have experience deep tournament experience so I, I don't know I still do like them I, I definitely don't like them as much of a final four pick as I did you know last week at this time but uh I, I don't know I mean they got to straighten things out yeah I'm definitely a little concerned with the week they had and James has them in our in our starting five segment they're one of his five teams that he picked before the season so on that note I feel like we must mention at this point that Tom one of your teams North Dakota their star player Quentin Hooker will be joining us on this episode of the student section it's a big moment later in the show in our podcast's history. Yeah, we will. It's an awesome interview. Quentin was was nice enough to come on. And, you know, North Dakota, you know, we kind of picked them at the beginning of the season, not not knowing too much about them, but they're 16-8. and Quentin Hooker is having an awesome season, averaging almost 20 points per game. They have a big game against Weber State tomorrow, which could sort of be the de facto regular season championship in the big sky. So we got a chance to talk with him. Stay tuned. Uh, that'll be on later in the show. But, uh, but for right now, we'll, we'll, we're going we'll, right now. That was a teaser. Yeah, we'll <laughs> keep it with the, uh, the non-mid-majors, the ranked teams that struggled this week. We'll stay with Virginia now. We talked about Wisconsin. Number 14, Virginia lost two games this week as well. A double overtime game on the road in conference at Virginia Tech. Not a huge deal. They lost by two. But then on Wednesday... They never really had a chance against Duke at home, at UVA. They lost by 10, 65-55, and I think people are higher on Duke than they are down on Virginia after that, but either way, a 10-point loss to Duke, a Duke team that struggled at times, maybe when they didn't have Coach K, is somewhat concerning as well for Virginia. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. That's, 
that's high. I'm more high on Duke than low on Virginia after that game. I think Duke really kind of ran ever since Coach K pulled the Duke gear from the locker, and they've been playing much more inspired. And, yeah, I think Virginia, they're getting much more contributions from younger guys. Like Ty Jerome's really stepped up so far this year. I think they need more from their veterans. The defense, you know, is going to be there with Virginia, but I think offensively they're lacking, especially in, in big-time moments. You saw at Virginia Tech they had the lead for most of that game, but they just couldn't really get anything going offensively down the stretch. So I think that was the biggest downfall for them. I also like Wisconsin. I think they'll be fine come tournament time just because they have the experience and the head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, Virginia to me is a team that they're kind of a safe team. They're going to beat all the teams they're going to have to beat, and they're going to lose to the teams you think they would lose to. But I, that's why I don't really like them to make a deep Final Four run. I, I think one of us picked them last week to the Final Four. I don't remember. Me. That was Dan. That's yeah. why I don't like it because they don't Shout have that Dan much Dior. talent. They have good Dan, I producer, as always. Uh, and I, I just think that their defense, the pack line defense, is susceptible to a good three-shooting team. Duke was 9-19 against them. And then even if you just can overpower them with talent on offense, I don't think Virginia has the offensive weapons to keep up. That's why, you know, they'll end up with a 4-5 or five seed and they'll win, you know, the first two rounds maybe. But I don't see them really going like the Elite Eight or, or anything. See, I disagree. I think they, they're a legit Final Four contender. Uh, they remind me a lot of Villanova last year. No, if, Villanova if, had so much more talent on offense. Well, in, in, in the way uh, – Virginia is one of the slowest teams this year, very similar to Villanova last year. They take their time with the ball, and they play defensively. So that makes it seem kind of similar to Villanova. But I think, it, you know, everyone kind of counted out Villanova last year. No one was high on that. Maybe Matt Murphy because, you know, he's a big Nova guy. <laughs> Go Cats, baby. But I, I like to see – I could see Virginia making a big run. And a real quick, couple quick hits before we look ahead to some games. Gonzaga is a team that could make a run. Dan just said he thinks Virginia can. Gonzaga, number one team in the nation. They passed their test this week with flying colors. The big game was the rematch against St. Mary's, who they beat by 20 earlier in the year in Spokane. This time at St. Mary's, they won, I think, by 10 in that one. So they also had a win this week in their second game this week. And I think people forget when you talk about Gonzaga, 27-0, who do they play? But they have 24 double-digit wins, and they also have victories against Arizona, Florida, Iowa State, and then St. Mary's twice, as I just said. So they have some good wins. I don't think it's all hype. All overhyped for Gonzaga at this point. Gonzaga's legit, and I I don't always love Gonzaga because I don't love teams from those random conferences. But this is team. This is a team that could has the talent to play in the Pac-12. I actually would like to see them eventually get in the Pac-12. I don't know what we have to do to make that happen, but football. Yeah, maybe something like that. But uh, I, they're they're really good. That St. Mary's game, I thought I picked Gonzaga to win. I thought they'd win handily, and 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 they did. I mean, they just run through everybody in that conference. Last night, even they played San Francisco. Who is eighteen and seven, or they were eighteen and nine coming into that game, and Gonzaga won by thirty-five points. So it's just like even the good teams in that conference yeah. are just no match for them. Almost time to look ahead, but James, I got a question for you. Texas Tech upset number four Baylor this week, eighty-four seventy-eight, and they almost beat Kansas in a game that we were watching together last Saturday. If Texas Tech gets into the tournament, they're probably firmly on the bubble right now. Could they be a team that wins a first-round game and possibly more? Yeah, if I'm an NCAA tournament team, I'm wary of any low-seeded Big 12 team because the Big 12, every single night, you never know who's going to pull out. And that's why Texas Tech, as soon as they compete with Kansas, I had a really good feeling that they were going to beat Baylor the next night. Baylor's prone to some Big 12 road losses. Pretty much everyone is prone to some Big 12 road losses. The one thing I want to say about the Gonzaga game really quick is that the biggest takeaway offensively from Gonzaga is that Shemekarnowski was a man amongst boys down low. And he really was a tough 
tough, tough matchup for so many people. And you may look at the guy and think he's just some big goon down low. It's going to not really have great footwork, but he has great footwork, very good interior passer. He was really good in that game against St. Mary's, and there's no reason to think that they're not going to run the table right now. But St. Mary's has a test of themselves against BYU this week. That's a little hint at one of my upsets for the weekend. All right, let's move into that segment then and talk about some games this weekend. And we're going to lead off with a game that's tonight on Friday. It's an Ivy League matchup, Princeton and Yale. So the, the result of that game will be decided pretty early. So if you don't listen to this podcast immediately after it's posted, you probably will already know the result. But 8-0 in the Ivy, the Princeton Tigers travel to Yale, 6-2 and in the league. Yale's a team that you have, Tom, in the starting five segment. No Makai Mason, but they're still... A very good team, and this game has big-time implications for the inaugural Ivy League tournament this year. The top four teams in the league facing off for an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament should be a really good one in the Ivy tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think both Yale and Princeton are going to make it. Yale 6-2 and two in conference, so is Harvard. Princeton's 8-0, and, oh, and then it's 4-4 four and four Columbia, and then a big drop after that with a bunch of teams at 2-6. and six. So, I mean, I guess it's really just affecting for seeding, but I mean, I hope Yale, I, I do regret that Yale pick still kind of because they only have 14 wins, but... I mean, they, you know, they've got some guys, Oni and, and Copeland, that are, that are playing kind of well. And then I know James picked Princeton to go to the Sweet 16 in one of our first episodes. I don't even know if that one ever got out on the air. But <laughs> James, Princeton 8-0 and in the league, and that pick doesn't seem so bad right about now. I think the pick's looking good. I'm, I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to fade away from that pick. It's only going to be a match from whether or not they, uh, who they match up with in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Because I do think that they're going to win the first ever Ivy League conference tournament. One little Ivy League upset I have tonight is Brown. I think Brown gets it done at home. Jordan Spieth's but, brother? Uh, in the classic Friday night Ivy League action. Ivy League and the MAAC dominate Friday nights. Yeah, it's just the MAC, Tom. I don't think you have to go MAAC. No, then there's the but there's the MAC. There's the, the MAC and the MAC. There's the MAC and the yeah, MAC. But, but I, I call them both MAC. I call the MAC, and then I go the MAC. That's, that's a weirdo <laughs> move right there. But let's go from the Ivy to probably the biggest game of the weekend on Saturday. Number three, Kansas at number four, Baylor. And Baylor coming off a loss, as I said, to Texas Tech. And Kansas almost lost to Texas Tech this past week as well. They hung on for a win. I've been really impressed with this Kansas team closing out tough games. They came back against West Virginia and won in overtime on a game that they easily could have lost on their home floor after the, moment, the momentum was really taken from them. I think Kansas and Frank Mason are proving to me that the game's on the line in the tournament. I think they have what it takes from a confidence standpoint to really do some good things. No one really wants to pick up on that, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, Nobody likes Kansas? I, I, I don't know. I, th- I, I thought Decker was going to respond. I don't want to respond I think, first. I think I know, I'll hop in. I'll hop in. I think uh, – Kansas, the big only issue with that, and the only reason I'm, I was shy about away from taking them to go deep to the tournament is that their front court is not as good as where I think. If their back court matches up with anyone, I don't think their front court does, and that's the strength of Baylor. So I think I'm going to playing out. Where is that game? It's at, at Baylor. Baylor. At Baylor. I actually think I'm leaning Baylor in that game really? just because the front court of Baylor, and they're very tough to beat at home. So, yeah, I think the front court may be a little bit too much for Kansas, but there's no – I mean, the back court of Kansas, you can't really – compare them with with Baylor's but I still think the front court maybe gives them a slight edge that one could really go either way yeah it's tough I mean Kansas coming off that awesome win against West Virginia I think you know on a neutral site I'm taking Kansas over Baylor 11 times out of 10 I just think Kansas is that much better but in Baylor like we said big 12 games on the road can be tough I, I I'm gonna lean Kansas just because I do from a talent perspective, like them so much more than I like Baylor, but I wouldn't at all be shocked to see Baylor. I think it's going to be you know, within three, four-point game. 
I, I like Kansas in, in this one as well. I think all of Baylor's big wins were early in the year when teams were still trying to find themselves. I mean, you look at their resume for a number one seed in the tournament, and they're probably going to earn one because of all the big-time wins they had early in the year. But at that point, teams are really trying to find themselves, and I think Kansas is starting to go the other way. I think they're, they're really starting to trend upwards, even though the games have been close recently. Another game on Saturday between two ranked teams, number 14, Virginia, who we talked about their struggles recently. At number 10, North Carolina. North Carolina trying to play for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I think UNC takes this one in Chapel Hill pretty easily against Virginia. James, you said they're relying a lot on guys like Ty Jerome, the Cavaliers, and I don't think Ty Jerome and company go into North Carolina against their front line and get a W. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think North Carolina, it'd be, wouldn't be a, it would be a bad loss for them if they lost at home to Virginia just because Virginia's reeling a little bit. And Virginia lost at Syracuse, they lost at Virginia Tech, and they lost at Villanova. So that they've obviously showed their struggles on the road. I think North Carolina's front court is going to be way too much for Virginia. But I think that game is going to be close for the simple fact that Virginia's defense usually holds teams, higher-scoring teams down, like at least a few points lower. So I think that's going to keep the game close. But I'm going to be very surprised if uh, Virginia pulls that one out. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I think UNT may win this one by double digits. They could, like you said, beat them inside. Virginia doesn't have anyone to match up with them. Like I said, against the pack line, if you could shoot threes, you're going to beat Virginia. And they have Justin Jackson, Joel Berry, both 39 to 42% in that range, uh, three-point shooter. So I, th- I think this could be a blowout. I'm actually getting higher and higher on UNC as the season goes on. Dan, I've got one question for you, and then we're going to have one for James here before we move into our starting five segment and the interview with North Dakota's finest, Quentin Hooker. But looking ahead to the weekend like we've been doing, Dan, Villanova, at home, in a revenge game against Butler, who beat them earlier this year, do they have a better chance of being upset than Duke does on the road at Syracuse, where the Orange have already beaten top two top ten teams? Who has, who has a better chance of being upset, Villanova or Duke this weekend? I think it's Duke. Um, I've been high on Duke a lot this season, but Syracuse has really come alive the second half of the season. Conference play, they really start heating up. So I would not be surprised to see uh, you know them go to Syracuse and lose. Syracuse is a great team, and I expect them to continue to compete with the, the strengths of the ACC. And James, uh, not really a question for you, but I guess it is a question. What are your two biggest upset picks of the weekend? I'm going to – my two upset picks, I think one of them was – I'm going to I'm gonna say Syracuse beats Duke, so I ain't going to count that uh, as one of my two upset picks. The other ones I have in mind are Pitt over at uh, Florida State at home, and then Georgia outright against You're Kentucky. always picking against Kentucky. Yeah, I was going to pick Georgia. Kentucky struggled on the road so far in their SEC slate. Last, even last week against Alabama, they, that was, they was a low-scoring, ugly game. And I think Georgia lost to them at Kentucky in overtime. They had that game, and they blew it. And I think Mark, Mark Fox is pretty much coaching for his job at this point at Georgia. So I think he's going to play some desperate, inspired ball, and I think they get it done in Athens. All right, I've, let's... Been, I've been pretty sharp on my upset picks the past couple weeks, so let's see. I agree with you, James. I would throw an NC State home against Notre Dame, too. A- anytime a team fires their coach, guaranteed win. All right, guys. I think <laughs> for time purposes, because we have that big hooker interview coming up, we got to go to the starting five segment right now and gives us a nice lead into the interview because Tom has North Dakota in his starting five. But I, I believe I'm probably still in first place. I have 113 points currently. As we said on every episode, you get one point for a regular season win, and then when the conference tournament and NCAA tournament get here, two points for a conference tournament W and three for an NCAA tournament W. I know James probably going to be out of this 
conversation a little bit because he probably doesn't have all his teams in front of him. But I have Duke, Villanova, Dayton, Wichita State, and Middle Tennessee. And I think people are all on the aboard the Middle Tennessee bandwagon at 23-4 and four uh, yeah. when it comes time for the tournament. I think they're my weakest team in the starting five, and I think I'm feeling pretty good about them. But, Tom, you're, you're feeling good because you had your main guy from the starting five, North Dakota's well, Quinn. Well, let's on. go Dan and Decker first, and I'll, I'll wrap it up, and we could lead in lead into that interview with some North Dakota How talk. many points did you have, Murph? I have 113. Oh, boy. I got 98 points. Oh, you passed me. Some weak performances. Uh, Indiana's really struggled as of late, and Texas A&M, 13 and 12, is just absolutely killing me. But SMU recently joined the top 25, 23 wins. That's That's huge. Marquette has 15 wins. Again, not where I'd want them to be, but what are you going to do? And Oregon, 23. Hopefully they can take me to the promised land. We'll see. Decker, do you know any, like, uh, off the top of your head how your teams are doing? Um, I'm not sure exactly the numbers of how they're doing, but I know my team has tough, my teams have tough slates this weekend. I know Butler, of course, is, I mean, at, at Villanova next week. Chattanooga is at, uh, home against East Tennessee State. That's a big one in that conference, but Chattanooga needs that one for me. Lehigh's been my biggest disappointment. I'm not really sure how they're doing. Wisconsin, we know, has lost their past two. Butler beat St. John's this week following a bad loss against Providence. So probably hovering right around second place right now, but I'm, I'm poised for a big week. My teams are – I've also been sad. I keep forgetting that I have. They're undefeated. So that could really carry me to a title. Yeah, I mean, I've got Kentucky 21-5. and They're starting to play a little better after a little lull. I still think they could be the national champions, which would be huge. St. Mary's 23-3. and I mean, they, they couldn't beat Gonzaga, and I know they have a tough matchup at BYU tomorrow. But, you know, they're going to get me some regular season – the rest of their regular season wins and maybe a, a tourney win or two. Valpo 21-5 and playing better. Yale 14-7, and like we mentioned, with that big game tonight. And then North Dakota. The North Dakota Fighting Hawks are 16-8. and they just had a big win last night, and tomorrow they have a huge game against Damian Lillard's alum, Weber State. His uh, alum or his alma mater? Is, uh, yeah, true. <laughs> Go alma, alma mater in that sense. But yeah, Weber continue. State's alum, Damian Lillard, I guess. But yeah, uh, North Dakota 11-3 and in conference regular season. Uh, Weber State 11-2 and games at Weber State. Uh, I mean, it, it should be a good matchup, and, and the, they do have a conference tournament anyway in Reno in uh, early March, March 5th, We'll probably 6th head weekend. out there. I actually think the we should try to get credentials take it on the road that. for that one. But, yeah, like we mentioned, uh, we were able to have Quentin Hooker on. We, you know, we got in touch with the UND athletic staff, and he was able to talk with us for uh, uh, you know 10 minutes. Really great interview, so let's throw it to that. We're pleased to be joined by Quentin Hooker of North Dakota Basketball. He's their leading scorer, been the Big Sky Player of the Week twice this season. He was first-team All-Big Sky last season. Quentin, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So is it safe to assume you're kind of wondering, like, why you're on a podcast based out of the Bronx, New York? <laughs> you know, a little bit, but well, you know, any, anything is good. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll just explain. You know, we, we started this podcast back at the start of the season, and we each picked five teams to follow, and we, we'd get – sort of points as they win each games we had to pick two top 25 teams and three sort of random mid-major teams that weren't ranked and I happened to mm-hmm. pick your North Dakota Fighting Hawks I just thought you guys were going to be solid this year and we've been following along ever since and you're absolutely killing it and it's just been a, a blast <laughs> to and we you know we've tweeted our podcast at you before so it's cool to finally have you on yeah no definitely it's great you definitely picked a great team that's for sure yeah we did is this the first podcast you've been on um, no, I've been on a couple other, oh. um, just through like the big sky and like 
skyline sports. And but is it like first that. on the but, East Coast? Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, cool. <laughs> Quinn, congrats, congrats on the win last night over Idaho State. You guys are having a, a really solid year, and we'll get into some questions now about your team and about your season so far. A cool stat I saw on Twitter is you're the most efficient offensive player from a non-Power 7 conference team this season. How have you seen your game develop? You've had a great career at North Dakota, but this year especially, 19 points per game and five rebounds per game. Um, honestly, it's uh, just, you know, trusting the process and, uh, you know, staying into, um, you know, my workouts and off season was not only huge for myself, but for the team too. And uh, really it's just, um, I think our team has just made a huge step forward just as far as being uh, um, unselfish in our team chemistry, um, both on offense and defense. So really just having the team uh, grow and uh, mature together has definitely helped myself and obviously helped us too. So, Quentin, I know you're traveling right now or, or about to travel because you guys are playing at Weber State tomorrow. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the huge game. They're 11-2 and in conference. You guys are 11-3. and Could sort of be the de facto regular season championship you know, what are your thoughts going into that one? Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a great college game, really. It's uh, two teams that are, you know, fighting to win a conference championship. And, you know, I mean, we have just a, a long history of um, having some great games against each other. And uh, really, it's just, it's just going to be fun. I mean, you know, just to be in a position to, to play and uh, compete, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a great time. Your team has a 16-8 and record. Tom just mentioned a big road matchup tomorrow with Weber State. Earlier in the year, you had big road games at Northern Iowa and at Iowa, and you guys were in both of those games even though you fell short. Did the atmosphere in those matchups prepare you for a big conference matchup against Weber State on the road tomorrow? I think so, uh, definitely, especially when you're playing uh, bigger schools like Iowa and um, in a bigger arena and bigger crowds and stuff like that. I think that definitely gets you ready um, for um, conference road, uh, road games. And, you know, that's something that Coach um, puts into our schedule each year, you know, having tough non-conference road games so when we do get into conference and in situations like this we can uh, be more successful so for those people that haven't gotten a chance to watch you and your team play i mean there's a chance if you do win the tournament in reno that you're going to get to go to the big dance in march people always looking for upsets in brackets so if you do happen to get Mm -hmm. there what can you describe your style of play personally as a player and then as a team so so fans can know i think you're the next steph curry and davidson going to make an elite eight (laughs) run I don't know if that's too uh-huh. high a praise, but you know, break down your guys' game a little bit. No, uh, we really definitely appreciate that. I mean, you know, that means a lot. Um, but really, uh, individually, um, you know, just try to be the the leader and the um, experienced vet out there on the court. Um, being able to, um, you know, attack wherever on the court, get into the rim, shooting threes and passing the ball. But as a team, you know, really, it's. I mean, our chemistry is is great. You know, we have. Uh, we're a fast-paced team that uh, gets out in transition, but I think really where um, where we stand out is defensively. Um, just, you know, being able to get stops and um, allowing our defense to create offense for um, ourselves. And I think that's really what separates us from other teams, just how we are dialed in on defense and knowing that, you know, each possession is, is huge, you know, and something that in practice we focus on daily. And uh, I think that's just like the one thing that defensively, you know, we really try to step our game up to get our offense going. Now, Quentin, you from an individual standpoint, you were a a mid-major All-American last year, first team All-Big Sky. You've got seven career 30-point games. I could go on and on, but I was looking at the game notes and found something interesting. You started the first game of the year at point guard, according to the game notes, but you've been the shooting guard since. For people that haven't seen your team play, are you you a scorer from the shooting guard position, or do do you do a little bit of everything in the backcourt? 
Um, it really just kind of depends on, um, you know, matchups or the game, how the game flow is going. Um, but, um, like with me and Gino, it's, um, who's ever, uh, there by the, by the boards, you know, we get out and go. Um, usually Gino starts, starts at the point. So we can, uh, have me coming off, um, second, secondary actions and stuff like that to get me scoring a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> and that's just kind of how my role has just grown. Um, especially since like freshman year where, um, freshman and sophomore year where I was like, you know, the main point guard and, uh, you know, just more of a distributor and then having to score. But, um, you know, especially having another great backcourt mate with, uh, with Gino, um, just being able to run the floor and, you know, find guys, find myself, um, in, in great spots, you know, it definitely opened up our game a lot. And now you're going to be graduating after this season. Uh, what, what's the goal after this? Have you heard from any scouts about NBA potential or are you thinking maybe playing overseas? You know, what's the goal come graduation? Uh, main goal, of course, is, you know, to play in the NBA and get a shot there and uh, get some workouts with some teams and, you know, hopefully stay here. Um, but if not, you know, definitely overseas. Um, definitely want to continue playing, playing basketball. And, you know, I mean, God has given me this ability and, you know, I'm just trying to ride it out and, uh, you know, just play for him and have fun while doing it. Speaking of the NBA, I read that you played AAU ball with Tyus Jones, a former Duke Blue Devil, current Minnesota Timberwolf. You're a Minnesota guy from growing up and went to high school there. Are you a T-Wolves fan? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you definitely have to have that home court, uh, home team love for sure. So is is yeah, Tyus is Tyus your favorite young guy? They got a lot of studs on that team. Andrew Wiggins, Carl Towns, Zach Levine. Is Tyus Jones your favorite player on the T Wolves? You know, I mean, he's having a great year, and you know, I mean, I, it's just great to see him finally, you know, be in a position where he can make plays and uh, join the guys like Cat and and Wiggins, just being able to to be aggressive. And I mean, you're seeing him hit big shots after big shots in NBA games, as you have, you know, I mean, we've seen it ever since, you know, <laughs> shoot traveling ball, high school, college. So really, it's just yeah, you know, I mean, it's great to watch him play. It's it's a lot of fun, especially since you know knowing him personally and. Uh, it's just it's just great to see him be successful where he's at. Quentin, you talked about your NBA aspirations. If there's one player in the NBA that your game relates to, who is it? Um, you know, everyone kind of says uh, different things here and there. Uh, but Steph Curry, just because um, of my size and stuff like that. Uh, the the one that I think you know is probably the closest is probably like Jameer Nelson, um, something that's you know a little bit of a more physical guard, but uh, can still shoot it and. Uh, do other things like that so probably Jameer and then I mean yeah I mean everyone throws out like other things so yeah yeah all right so <laughs> I want to ask you one more question and then we'll do maybe a few like a little rapid fire around with some what some of your favorite hobbies are and stuff but you know you go to school okay. at UND uh what what is the campus life there I know a lot of our listeners are from New York it's obviously a different type of area so what's campus life like there and for you personally you know given your prominence on campus uh, honestly, I really, I really love the, the town of Grand Forks. And, um, I think, I mean, maybe it's just, uh, <clears throat> me being biased, but I think it's just a great place for especially, um, student athletes and college students to go to. It's, it's kind of like a, it's not so much obviously like a, <clears throat> a big city or anything like that, but it's just kind of like a suburban feel, but, um, you know, it has everything that you need, you know, there's movie theaters, bowling alleys and whatever else. So, you know, honestly, I, I think it's great because it allows you to, um, focus on the academics and uh, and ball too, and uh, uh, the the honestly the crowd is great. 
I mean, each and every night, you know, we have these, uh, we have the regular fans, season ticket holders. But honestly, in the past few years, just the amount of support that uh, we've gained throughout the community, um, especially since, you know, school is uh, known to be in a, a hockey uh, dominant town. Um, the, the amount of support that we've had and, you know, the buzz around the city is, is, is great. All right, we're going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions now. You're from the state right. of hockey. You talk about your campus life at North Dakota. You guys got a really good hockey team there. Do you like going to the games? Yes or no question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, they're great, yes. All right, and then this is a little more non-sports-related, but favorite TV show and favorite fast food place and something people would be surprised to know about you? All right, um... Favorite TV show would have to be Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, right? Uh, fast food would have to be Panda Express. Um, and then um, love FIFA. FIFA is, you know, amazing. I love the video game FIFA, Xbox One. We actually used to have a Panda Express on campus here, and they took it away. So we, we, we're, you'd be pretty mad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. I, would, I would be crushed. So, Quentin, before we let you go, I worked on a little call for you. If you ever hit a big three, uh, this is what I think you guys have announcers there. This is what I think it should be. All right, you get the ball, ready? And you hit a three. Uh-huh. There's a yep. cue, and there's your answer. Captain Hook <laughs> strikes again. How is that? <laughs> you know, I love it. I think that works. We're going to have to get our, our guy Paul Rawl on that soon. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Quentin. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Good luck tomorrow with the rest of your season. Uh if you want to come on again when you're in the tournament, we'd be, we'd be glad to have you. Congrats on being the All first right. ever guest great. of the Student Section <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm glad I can have that honor, guys. Appreciate Thanks. it. Great interview there from Quentin Hooker of the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, a big friend of the program. We wish him the best of luck and hope to have him on the Student Section again soon. But that's going to do it for this week's show. Check back again next Friday for another episode. For my co-hosts, Tom Scabelli and James Decker, and our producer, Dan DiOrio, I'm Matt Murphy. Shout out to Quentin Hooker. Be a fan of the student section.